Okay, so today's daf is Kuf Bet in uh, in Eruvin. We are on Kuf Aleph Amud Bet. We are at the bottom of the page. It is a new Mishnah. Neger Sheyesh Barosho Glustera. This is talking about like a bolt. What they used to do is, you have a similar thing. Sometimes you have uh, in places where they have, let's say, a fence in a parking lot. They'll have like a stick that goes in the ground. Like it'll hold the two pieces of the fence so they don't move. Um, it's, it's a bolt that goes in the ground. So this is a bolt for a door, okay, but it has glustera. Glustera means like a bulb on the top. So it doesn't just look like a piece of metal or a piece of wood. It probably was a piece of wood. It looks like a, a tool, a pestle, actually, which is a thing that they use to crush spices. It looks like a kli. It doesn't look like just a piece of wood. So uh, so Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says to place this into the door, um, is not allowed on uh, on uh, on Shabbat because it's like binyan. It's like you're adding to the door, but because it's a separate piece, that's the whole problem. You stick it into the hole to hold the door, but it's like it's like you're adding to the door. It's not like it's not attached. Okay, Rabbi Yossi, Matir, Rabbi Yossi says, okay, Rabbi Amar, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Masse bechneset Shabbat Tiberia. He says that it was a there's a situation in Tiberia that uh, that the community used to have a practice of allowing this, that they would allow people that had doors that had this kind of a stick that you put in the ground, this kind of a bolt they put in the ground that, to hold the door, they would allow it. Until Rabban Gamliel and the elders came and they said, no, you're not allowed to do it because it's what we call it looks like a building, it looks like you're adding something, even though there's a bulbous shape, thick shape on the top of this stick that shows that it's a type of a cleat. Okay, and uh, as Rashi says, it's going to qualify this a little bit in, in a second. But then, Rabbi Yossi Omer, no, the opposite. Everybody agrees that Rabban Gamliel and the elders changed the practice. The question is, what was the original practice and what was the change? Right, according to Rabbi Eliezer, the original practice was lenient, and Rabban Gamliel came along and said, no, you're not allowed to stick the bolt in the door. And according to Rabbi Yossi, who permits, so he's going to say that, no, the original wrong practice was that it was forbidden, and then they came around and they allowed it. So either way, there was a change affected. Now, now the Gemara clarifies here, it says, if you can hold it by its string. In other words, the assumption here is that the, the, uh, this, this bolt is tied to the door. She says, there is some kind of a permanent rope that ties this bolt to the door. Like, like I was saying, in, in some, um, some like parking lots that have a fan, like, that have a gate, so they have like a bolt like this on the on the, and they put it in the ground. That's what, that's what holds it, right? Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick question: We're not talking about anything like that. No, 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 We're no. just talking about a house. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not about carrying. This is just about putting the, just the locking door. You could be inside. It doesn't nothing to do with, nothing to do with carrying. Okay. Like it's, it's it's sort of like the end of Eruvin is like on different uh, different milachot that we had details that we haven't talked about yet and we're sticking in, okay. but nothing to do with the with the chaser part. So we're just talking about add, is is this considered an addition to the building? Right, so it says. So it says means that the rope that's holding this bolt is strong enough that if you held it by the rope, the rope won't break. Okay, in other words, sometimes you'll put something on a string and the string is so thin it will break. No, here the rope is strong enough, it won't break. So there, they don't argue that in that case, since it's, Rashi says, since it is well tied and it's hanging on there, it doesn't look when you stick in the bolt like you're adding something to the building. It was already there. 
right? So it was tied on. It was a part of the building. It was the lock. We're talking about where, where's the machloket, where this string was not very strong. You tied it on in a makeshift thing with uh, some dental floss. I don't know. It's not, it's not strong enough, right? So in that case, so because one says that, look, fact is that the dental floss does not count as a rope. That's not, that's not going to count as a rope. So, but, but Rabbi Yossi says, since it is not just a stick, but it actually has a shape on top that looks like a clee, it doesn't look like a piece of wood that you would attach to a house. In other words, what kind of wood do you attach to a house? A plain piece of lumber. You don't take something that has like a shape that looks like it's used for grinding spices and stick that in the door. So obviously you're not building with this. It's not building material. Okay, well, and, but Rabbi Eliezer says, no, it has to be tied on with a type of a rope that is a permanent lasting rope that you could hold it by the rope and it will hang there. That shows that you've already made it part of the building. But if it is separate from the building, meaning that that rope would not be sufficient to hold it, so then it's a separate entity. And even though it has a bulbous end, and it looks different than normal building materials, we still make here that you're not allowed to use it. Now we continue with that topic actually in the next Mishnah because you have to remember that in those days and really sometimes today too, people who, uh, who learn more um, in a way that's like more classical uh, ordered manner that they learn all the Mishnayot and then they learn the Gemara. So when you learn these Mishnayot in the, in the book of the Mishnah, they all come in order. So sometimes it's easier to see the flow of the Mishnayot than it is in the Gemara because the Gemara breaks it up. Now here, these are very small pieces of Gemara here. So you don't lose the flow. But a lot of times you'll be learning, you'll, by the time you get to the next Mishnah, you had 10 pages of Gemara, you don't remember what the previous Mishnah exactly was or what the next one. When you learn the Mishnayot, everything usually flows more, uh, you know, in order. You can follow it. So here you see that it's saying this similar topic, that if you have a, a bolt like this that drags on the ground, then Rashi says, it's attached to the, to the door. But it's not hanging. It's sitting on the ground, but it's tied. And he says, uh, and since it's dragging on the ground, it doesn't look like it's attached. We're talking about where it doesn't have a bulbous top. Now you see that Rashi is trying to refer back to the previous, previous Mishnah, because previous Mishnah showed a machloket where there is a bulbous top. And according to the way Rashi is interpreting it, Rabbi Yossi is saying that even though it's basically not tied to the door, because that piece of dental floss that you used to tie to the doors or whatever, you know, it's makeshift thing. It's, it's not strong enough. It's not a real tie, right? So, and yet he says it's okay to use it. So that means that basically he doesn't require it to be tied at all, right? And that in the previous Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer is saying that, no, it has to be fully tied on, even though it has the bulbous shape. So Rashi says, this Mishnah is obviously talking about a bolt that doesn't have a bulbous shape. It's just a piece of wood or whatever that you're going to stick into the opening in the door to hold it closed or a piece of metal, whatever it is. And it is attached, but it's on the ground, but it doesn't have the bulbous shape because according to Rabbi Yossi, whenever it has the bulbous shape, even if it's not attached, it's okay. So we don't want to get into that machloket. We're assuming here that it's talking about where it is kishe'en barosho glustra. It's a regular stick or regular, uh, you know, plain item. It doesn't have any special shape. It's attached, but it is not... Uh, hanging. So it says, in that case, he says, in, I'm sorry, I skipped down to the Gemara. So, so uh, he says, you can use it in the Beit HaMikdash, but not in the, anywhere else. But if it's not attached at all, then it's prohibited everywhere. In other words, according to the Tanakama, it's an Isur de Rabbanan. If it's attached, okay, you can use it in the Beit HaMikdash because rabbinic rules don't all apply, mostly don't apply in the Beit HaMikdash because the assumption is that most rabbinic rules are there for people who are careless, people make mistakes, people, you know, are, are, are not being especially vigilant. So we have rabbinic rules. But in the Beit HaMikdash where it's the Kohanim and they're very careful so we're not worried about rabbinic rules and we don't have rabbinic rules. So therefore... 
That's a different story. No, Rashi actually says that. That's only true with Korbanot. You're not allowed to do other things in the Beit HaMikdash that are a violation of Shabbat. Only the Korban. Only the Korban. You're allowed to slaughter the Korban and cook the Korban. Everything else is, uh, you're not allowed to. Like if the Kohanim have their Beit HaMoked, where they go to heat up their, you know, where they're cold, and they go in the room, they're not allowed to light that on Shabbat. It has to be lit from before. We talked about about it in Masachet Shabbat. Rashi actually mentions exactly your point here. Because he says, the only thing that's allowed is korbanot, not that there's no Shabbat in the Beit Hamikdash, right? So, the, so the um, on the contrary, there's there is. It's just that the rabbinic rules are waived and the korbanot are are, are allowed. Now, yeah, they play musicians. That's only rabbanan. In other words, that's also rabbinic. Anything, that, but but if a uh, uh, an instrument got broken and they need to fix it, they wouldn't be allowed to because that's their right. Now, the reason why we don't play musical instruments on Shabbat is because we're afraid you might tune it. And tuning it is tikkun kli. It's actually fixing it. It's an isur del raita, potentially. Okay? Uh, a piano, you're never going to tune. But, uh, but the, the point is for other musical instruments, string instruments and things like that, where, the, where, where a player is tuning all the time. If you play a string instrument, you tune it all the time. In between, uh, in between pieces, you, you, you tune it. So, uh, so that's the problem. Anyway, the, uh, but so, so here, since it's only rabbinic, to put this bolt in the door, since it's attached to the door, it's tied to the door, and it's only in Isur Durabanan, so in the Beit HaMikdash it's allowed, but not outside. But if it's sitting on the ground, it's not tied at all, it's always going to be prohibited. And again, we're talking about a stick that doesn't have a bulb on the end, so therefore it, is, it, it would be in Isur Durabanan here, potentially. Now, Rabbi Yudah takes it another step further. He says, no, if it's not tied at all, that's where it's allowed in the Beit Hamikdash. That's only in the Sur de Rabbanan, he says. That's also only the Rabbanan. And Rashi says um, that Rabbi Yudasavar lav binyan mamashu ele domele binyan. He says even when it's not attached to the wall, it's only domele binyan. It's not really binyan when you stick a bolt into the door. So you're not really building it because it's not going to be permanent. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, even if it's not attached, you're allowed to do it. However, in the outside the Beit Hamikdash, bimdina means like in the in the neighborhood around, right? If it's attached, even if it's sitting on the ground, it's going to be allowed. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda takes it a notch down, right? Basically, takes it a notch down. If it's tied to the door, the rabbis say it's okay in the Beit Hamikdash because that's only in the Sur de Rabbanan. But it's not okay outside the Beit Hamikdash, and if it's not attached to the door, it's never okay. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, he takes it a notch down. He says if it's tied to the door, it's allowed everywhere. And if it's not attached, that's where it's allowed in the Beit HaMikdash, but not in the, uh, anywhere else. Okay, so he's taking it one step down. Now the Gemara says, huh? Right, the Kulan each. What is the definition of this kind of a bolt that is hanging, but it's resting on the ground, where you're allowed to insert it in the door in the Beit HaMikdash, but not outside? That is where it is tied and it's hanging from the door. But one side is reaching the ground, in other words, or both sides. I mean, the point is it's resting on the ground, even though it's tied. Rabbi Yudaumer says, what are you talking about? If it's tied to the, to the door, so then even, in the, even outside the Beit HaMikdash, it's allowed. Right? What's the case where you're allowed in the Beit HaMikdash to do something that you're not allowed outside? If it is not at all attached to the door, that's when, you're, that's when it's prohibited outside the Beit HaMikdash. And permitted in the Beit Hamikdash. And again, we're talking here about a um, a stick that doesn't have the bulb on it. According to Rabbi Yossi in the previous Mishnah, if it has a bulb on the end, right? If it's shaped in a in a way that is distinct from just a stick, so then it would be permitted all the time, even if it's not attached to the uh, to the wall at all. That was what Rabbi Yossi only, said before. The only problem is binyan. The only problem now. zavit, and he said you could you take it and you put. In other words, if it's not tied at all, but when you're done with this bolt, you just put it on the side on the side of the wall, 
And uh, that is called, the, the, that type you can't use outside the Bet HaMikdash, only in the Bet HaMikdash, if it's not attached to the wall. Amar of Yehuda, Yehuda, The halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda when it's tied to the wall. In other words, if it's tied to the doorway, so then in the Bet HaMikdash and outside, you're allowed to use it. Right? That's according to Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda saying in the name of, in the name of Shmuel, that the halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda, that we're lenient about the one that's attached to the door. But when it comes to the one that isn't attached to the door... There, you're not allowed to use it anywhere. So they take this extreme of... <coughs> right, so it takes the, this, the leniency of Rabbi Yehuda with regard to the one that's tied to the door and say that it's allowed anywhere. But we're taking the stringency of the Chachamim when it isn't tied to the door and saying that you can't use it anywhere. So, And this, when we're talking about tied, it has to be tied to the door itself, not to the door post, to the actual door. Any, is that true? But one time Rabbi Yehuda came to Mechuzah and he saw that it was attached to the door post, not to the door itself. And he didn't say anything, so that seems that was okay. He says, That was different, because remember before we said, if the, if the rope is so strong, that if you hold it by the rope, the rope won't break. That's a different story. There were lenient. There were going to be lenient, because the rope is so strong. Like we said in the previous Mishnah, according to everyone, if the rope is so strong, and whether it's attached to the door post or the door itself, that when you hold that uh, rope, you could, it could suspend it in midair. That, even if it's attached to the door, you see that it's permanently attached there. It's attached to the It won't break. Right, so that, that, that means that, the, that, that it's permanently attached there. You put a really heavy-duty rope there to hold that bolt, so then it's going to be okay. Right, it's going to be okay. Well, I don't know what it's made of. It's made of a heavy wood or metal. If you put a dental floss, it's not going to hold it. Okay? Now, so, but the point is that it wasn't temporary. He didn't tie it with a reed or something like that. He put something uh, temp- permanent. So, so if that's true, so then even though it's attached to the door post and not to the door itself, it's going to be, um, it's going to be okay. But if, the, but if it's tied in an, a makeshift way, not with such a strong rope, then it has to be tied to the door itself. Now, and, and by the way, according to Rabbi Yossi, even there will be okay. Right, even if it was tied with a makeshift rope, according to Rabbi Yossi, as long as the shape is different. But we're talking here, assuming, assuming we're talking here without, where the shape is not different, the shape is normal. So, he saw a person who was tying this bolt to the door using a reed, something very light. He said, you cannot use that for locking the door because you didn't tie it with a permanent kind of a rope. And so over there, he's talking about that um, he, he didn't use a, uh, if you use a uh, string that's going to break, if you, were, if you were to try to suspend it by the string, it's like it's not tied at all. That's the point. It's like not tied at all. Okay? Now, Rabbi Zera asked, what about nikmaz? Nikmaz means that when you put the bolt in, it goes all the way into the ground. In other words, the hole is all the way into the ground. It's not just into the bottom of the door, like there's a, you know, the, the bottom of the door, but it actually goes into the ground. Is that a lot? Amar of Yosef, mighty baile. So he says, uh, what's the question? Didn't you learn what it says in the right? That if it becomes detached and it's no longer tied to the door, that if, if, if there's no rope at all, or the rope is broken, right? There you're not allowed to use it anymore, right? But if, you, but if it ins, it's inserted into the ground, below ground, then you're allowed to use it. Then, I'm sorry, then, then uh, th- that itself isn't the problem. Right, if it goes all the way into the ground, that would be okay because since you are putting it in clearly, it's tied to the door, and you're putting it in in order to lock the door. It's okay, right? Rabbi Yehuda says no. 
actually, if it goes into the ground, it's going to be prohibited because that's really like binyan because it's going into the ground. And in fact, Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel that Allah follows Rabbi Yehuda in that, that if it goes all the way into the ground, it's not good. And what's the reason? Because that really looks like building because now you're putting it into the ground itself. What right? So, like it it in, door or they put it down into the ground. It's like the case of those uh, gates that I was saying before. But you have those gates of parking lots, and a lot of times they have a bolt that it goes down into the ground. That's what it's talking about. That's the problem. Right? So, Rav Nechomi Bar said, What if you made for this bolt a handle? So it's clear that it's not, it's not building material. It's clearly a tool that you use to, uh, to lock the door. So, you're talking about a pestle. You're talking about something that's used for crushing spices. For sure, once you're using a tool that is clearly designed, is not meant to be added to the building, so for sure that you're allowed to use that. Right? If a person has a, uh, he had a, uh, he had like a very large uh, uh, piece, a board, like a uh, piece of lumber, like uh, wood, plank, that required 10 people to lift it. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but the point is it's really, really heavy, right? Very, very heavy. And he would put it against the door to close the door, keep the door closed, okay? So it says, He didn't say anything about that. He said that was okay. Amar Torah Kaliyaleh. Right, he said that that item it has torat kli. It's clear that it's usually used. I guess they would usually use this big wood rush. He says to sit on it. It's something they would use as a bench. So, so the fact that he's using and putting it against the door is not a problem. Asita the havad beimar shmuel. There was one time a large mortar. A mortar is what you put the spices in when you crush them. Right? It was very large. Machzeket adriba, and it would hold adriba, which is actually fifteen sea of grain, a lot, okay? Very heavy, very large. Um, uh, so it says, <laughs> He allowed them to put that against the door to block it. In other words, he said, anything that has the status of kli, the status of a vessel, so it's clear that you are not adding it to the building. You don't add household items to the building. You add, you know, items that are, uh, that are material. So if something is a material, like just a stick or a rod, so it could be that you're adding it to the door. You're adding it to the building. So it looks like you're adding a construction material. But when it's a, something that's clearly a, a clee, if you take a very large book and you stick it into the... No, nobody thinks that you're adding that. Moving, moving object <coughs> no, that's the whole point. It doesn't have to be moving because even if it's so heavy that it requires 10 people to move it, <laughs> it's just the fact that it's a clee. It's the fact that it's a clee that has a purpose other than being... built. You wouldn't take... Say, I'm going to build my house using a couch. No, nobody's going to do that because it's not, a, it's not building material. If, if you, you want to build, you use b- you lumber. Yeah. Say, uh, designate, yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. But uh, well, a big stone. Well, it, the thing is, like, whenever you're at, you're inserting it into the door. It could be that a big stone yeah. is, would would come under the same thing as like one of these bolts, because it's also designated for that purpose. But here it's saying if it if you normally use that stone as a seat and you did that, then yeah, that would be that would be similar. That would be similar to this. Now, tell us some of those great things that you told us in the name of Rav Asi about the, um, the canopy of the boat. So what they used to have is on the boats, they would have like these um, strips that went over the boat that I guess if they were out on the boat, they could put like a, 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 a um, like there were thin strips that went over. So there wasn't a full roof on the boat. The boat was open except for these things that went across 
And then I guess if they wanted, if it was very sunny or something like that, and they wanted protection from the sun or it was raining or whatever, they could put a cloth or something over them, and then it'll be closed, right? So if they have the thickness of a tefach, so that's already considered an ohel, that's already considered a roof. If those strips that go across have a tefach, or but they have between them. Uh, less than three tvachim, so they're thinner strips, but they have less than three tvachim between. So that you can put a cloth over them on Shabbat. What's the reason? Since it's adding onto an oil. In other words, since there you already have a roof, right? You're not allowed to create a roof, even temporarily. You're not supposed to create a roof on Shabbat, but you can add to a roof in a temporary way. So since you already have a, at least a tefach going over, that's already considered to have a roof. Or if you have thinner than a tefach, but in between is very small space, so then it's considered like it has a roof also. And then when you put another cloth over it or a mat over it, you're not adding anything. You're not creating a temporary roof. You're adding to a temporary roof. That's okay. He had some cows. Okay, Ravuna had some cows that, or rams. That, right, during the day, they needed shade. But during the nighttime, they needed more air. They don't want to be enclosed too much. Right? So, what should I do on Shabbat? What you should do is you put like a mat and you open it up like a tefach before Shabbat over the area and then you unroll it, right? Then you unroll it. That's the same thing that they have with the sukkah things, right? So they have like these things that cover the schach from rain. So if you are afraid you want to use it on Shabbat, so you have to unroll it at least a tefach out before and then on Shabbat, if you needed to or Yom Tov, you could roll it the rest of the way and, uh, and cover it, but you have to open at least one tefach prior to Shabbat. But That's the rule. Yeah. This uh, thing in their shul that they had this open roof, and they he said we open it a little bit. Oh yeah, as long as you open a little bit. Yeah, there's some other application of it. Also with the baby stroller. It's the same thing. Tefach. Yeah, yeah. But usually they're already <coughs> a little bit open. Yeah. 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 You can put a curtain and you can set it up and you can and you can take it away. On Shabbat, because really it's a it's only a temporary kind of a setup that you hang this like sort of a curtain for protection from the sun. But that's only if it doesn't create a width of a tefach on the top of But if you put a even a temporary kind of a tent up and it has a tefach at the top, then it's going to not be allowed. Not only can it not have a tefach on top. But within the first three tefachim from the top, it can't spread out, fan out to the to a tefach because if it's still within three tefachim of the top where it spreads out on the triangle, so then that's also going to be considered having a gag tefach. And even that is only when the um, the the. Uh, uh, yeah, the um, what do you call it? the angle of the uh, descent doesn't have a tefach, meaning that from each side. So from the middle, let's say there's a pole in the middle that you hang the curtain from. So coming from here, the top here doesn't have a tefach of width. What about if here, just three tefachim down, it has that width of a tefach? Still, it's going to be bad. But let's say it stays very narrow for the first three tefachim, and then it fans out. If on this side it fans out a tefach, or on this side it fans out a tefach, you also create a gag of a tefach. So it's going to be a problem. The out, like sort of this fanning out of ohalim is like an oil. So the basic point is that if you have an oil that is any space at all, because it's eventually going to, if it doesn't fan out to a tefach, you don't really have anything. Right, so then it's 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 going to be a problem. 
He says that Sainara, she says, oh, did we skip a part? No, we're okay. I think we might have skipped something, no? Where was the Kilat Khatanim? I remember that. Oh, yeah, I skipped it, yeah. Kilat Khatanim, we skipped that, yeah. Right, so I was reading it as going on the Vilon of before, but really it was going on the Kilat Khatanim. Because the vilon that he said before is just a curtain, so it doesn't have a roof. But then he was saying, kilat chatanim, that's actually something that they put on. So hanging a curtain, because it doesn't create a gag at all, really, right? <laughs> but if you create something that has a roof, so that's kilat chatanim, it's really the same thing. So, but, but the point is that it has two sides. In other words, vilon that it said before has only, it goes straight down. That was a lot. But then kilat chatanim is also like a tent, but it was over the bed. So what it did was it came down very narrowly over the bed. They made like a, a canopy bed. But the thing is, like Rashi says here, that, um, that it doesn't make sense that you can't have a... Can- that it's saying you can make kilat chatanim, but it has to be that it's not a tefach on top. And it's ne- it doesn't spread out to a tefach within three tefachim of the top of the thing. And it never spreads out a tefach this way or a tefach that way all the way down. So then what do you have if nothing? He's like, what kind of a bed is that? So therefore, Rashi says that it means that there were zigzagging sort of things. In other words, there were multiple ones. There was one, and then another one, and then another one, another one, another one, along the bed, little ones. So each one in and of itself was very, very narrow, and the bed was underneath, so it was like just to look beautiful. It was just to look beautiful for the Khatar Kala, but there was never one tent created there that created more than a tefach of, uh, of Gag. That was the idea, right? That's how Rashi explains it. Now, we get to the Saina, Shari says that wearing a hat... Um, is allowed. Okay? Vatanya asur, but it says you can't wear a felt hat on Shabbat. Okay? Don't put all of those guys in Borough Park out of business. We gotta fix this. It depends. If the brim of the hat is a tefach sticking out, so wide brimmed hat is a problem because it creates a gag, it creates oil. Now, um, obviously, most of the hats that people wear today do have a tefach, so we have to discuss it. But, you're telling me that if a person has a talit over their head, or they have a garment over their head, and it extends past their head, a tefach, it's creating a, a roof? Then nobody can wear anything. They can't wear a coat over their head on Shabbat then. So it says, no, because, The issue is, and this is the way that Rashi interprets the Gemara, he says that what it means is that if you're wearing the hat properly, Okay, it's tightly on your head so that it's not going to go flying in the street and you're not going to come to carry it. The issue is not that the, that the, that the uh, brim of the hat creates a gug because that's not what it's made for, right? The issue is that it could fly off and then you're going to carry it. So if it was uh, hard on your, it was tight on your head, right? So then you don't have to worry. But if it wasn't tight on your head, then you ain't have to worry that it's going to fly off. You're going to go, you're going to pick it up, you're going to walk with it. And, and actually, some say that, um, that there's another distinction that you can make, which is that if you're wearing, if you're not wearing kippah under your hat, then you'll definitely put it back on right away after it flies away. But if you're wearing a kippah, you might walk with uh, carrying it, so it could be more of an issue. But in, in, in any case, there's another interpretation of this Gemara that says, like the way we originally said, that actually, no, it's saying that you're not, Rabbeinu Hananel. Rabbeinu Hananel says you can't wear a hat that has a brim that's a tevach. And, uh, and actually the Shulchan Aruch brings this yeah, opinion too. It brings it, what? right? So because it's like making an oil. But so there, I, I think there are some people who are machmir, they follow it, but most people today follow Rashi's interpretation and say, no, it's just talking about carrying the hat, but the, the, the brim of the hat is okay. Because the truth is that if you look out there, you'll see that uh, I've only heard of like very, very stringent Lithuanian, you know, <coughs> rabbis who are very, very machmir keeping this thing that they have only very, very narrow brimmed hats because they don't want, they want to follow the, all of the opinions. 
Do they want to have that? But if you see anybody who has those very big black hats, according to many Rishonim, you're not allowed to wear those on Shabbat. Or you would have to go to... Maybe they sleep with them also. Maybe they... They also sleep with it. So therefore, they didn't put it on on Shabbat. If they didn't put it on on Shabbat, then the oil was made from before Shabbat. That'll be okay. Right, Smarit Ayn. You have another problem. You're right. We should tell them. I think if you see them, you should go to them and say to them, excuse me, did you, are you familiar with Rabbi Nuchanan El? He says that what you're doing is Isur. Anyway, it's Isur de Rabbanan anyways. Right, so that, that's, what mo- that's the Minhag HaOlam. They follow that opinion of Rashi that you just don't have to, uh, that you just, as long as it stays on your head. Also has that uh, no, because it's straight up and down the strangle. It doesn't fan out. It doesn't make a gog. No, it's very straight. Yeah. Maybe the other one, the round one, you mean. The one that goes up and down wouldn't be an issue. The one that goes around maybe would, would be an issue. Yeah. There's one that's called the strimal and that's called the spudic. The one that goes up and down, right? That one that goes up and down, of those chassidim, that would be okay because it doesn't have a brand. The one that goes around, maybe. But I'll leave it to them to worry about that. I don't know about that. What about it? Yes, <laughs> okay. but there's the other one that goes up and down. Yeah. Anyway, the if, if a door comes out, it's talking about a door of a kli of like a of a um, like a cabinet or something like that, or a, or a, te, a teva, some kind of a box. If the door comes off, it says machzirin tza If it comes, it's attached at the top, but the bottom comes loose. You can put it back in. dina, but you can't do that in the outside of the bet mikdash because it's isur derabanan because you might come to do more repairs. But the Tanakhama says that if the top part comes out, then you can't put it back in even in the bet mikdash because then it becomes already an issue of uh, binyan, an issue of building. Because once the top part of holding the door of the uh, whatever it is, cabinet or uh, teva, whatever, uh, comes off, so then it's like basically non-functional, and you would have to put it back in. If the bottom one comes loose, but it's still attached at the top, you could still open and close; it will still work. But if the bo- if the top comes off, it will be no good. So that's what Rashi says. It's made now, to be taken out and put no, obviously not. It's talking about when it's broken. But so now. Um, so now it says, He goes again. He says, if the upper one is out, no, you can do it in the Beit HaMikdash. That's only Yisur Rabbanan. Only if the bottom one comes out, right, then it's allowed everywhere. So similar to what he said before with the, uh, with the, uh, with the bolt. In other words, he's saying like this, that according to, the, according to the rabbis, when it's the top part that comes out, it's not allowed anywhere. If the bottom comes out, it's allowed in the Beit HaMikdash, but not anywhere else. Because it's only Yisur Rabbanan. According to Rabbi Yudan, no, 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 it's the other way around. You have to be a step more lenient, right? The top one is allowed in the Beit HaMikdash, just not outside. And the bottom one comes loose, then it's allowed anywhere. Okay, now Rashi interprets this whole thing as binyan bekelim. That we're talking, uh, because he holds that, there, that there's a concept of binyan even by snapping something back in to a uh, broken vessel. Many, no, because the, the, he says it's an Isur de Oraita. In other words, if the top one comes out and you put it back in, according to the Tanakhama, it's going to be an Isur de Oraita. According to the Tosfod, it's not actually an Isur de Oraita. It's also the Rabbanan, just more strict. <coughs> but either way, the point is that, you're, that that's what you're, you, you, that's why it would be prohibited in the Beit HaMikdash. Tanukh Rabbanan, Rabbanan said, Tzir Delet, Shidav, Teva, Umigdal. If you have the, uh, the, the uh, pivot of a uh, door, of some kind of a closet or some kind of a, uh, a, ca- a cabinet or whatever it is. So it says in the, uh, in the Beta Mikdash, you're allowed to put it back in. And, uh, but if the upper one comes out, you're not allowed to put it back. Right? So he says that when, when, if this comes loose, so in the, uh, if the bottom one comes out, 
right? Then you're then you're allowed to put it back in the bet mikdash, but not outside. If the top one comes out, you can't put it in anywhere because maybe you're going to hammer it in, and, then, and if you do hammer it in, then chayav chatat. That sort of supports Tosafot that even when the top comes out and you put it back in, it's not a deal right. Because saying the reason why you can't put the top one back in is because maybe you'll hammer it in, right? And it's a maybe, right? So now, but either way, so the, the Gemara says, however. Shall, uh, if it's shall borva shall dud shall tziyah. If it's if it's the door of something which is actually a structure, not a kli, not like uh, like a cabinet or something like that, but it's actually uh, the it's the 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 cellar or the you know something attached to the ground. Um, yitziyah is like uh, uh, an extension of the actual house or something like that. So there we would say that you can't put it back in. Then putting it back in is definitely going to be chayav chatat. This sort of supports Tosafot because it's saying there's a difference between. A kli that you repair, uh, a box that the handle came, you know, that the, the door came off, or a piece of furniture that the, the, the came off, versus um, uh, where it's actually in the ground that you're actually building something into the ground and snapping it back in. That would be a doraita, according to everyone. Now the Mishnah, the Mishnah, uh, binyan. Now the Mishnah says, I'm not sure why it would be makavatish, but it's why makavatish is very specific, is a very fine. Line at Malacha. It's like you, you could take a string off a shirt, it's Makeba Patish. I'm talking about the previous one that you would hammer it. No, no, that's, well, literally it's Makeba Patish, but it's right. Bonnet. I mean, yeah, but I mean, literally he's Makeba Patish, but I think it's, it's Binyan. Binyan. Yeah, she says, Ki Bonnet, he says. The door was there already. Yeah, he says, he says, Binyan. He says, Binyan. Say what? That this is Makeba Patish. I read right here, it says, Vahave Ki Bonnet. Oh, where is it? Yeah, in the Hebrew. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, where do you say that? He says also Binyan here. I don't know what they're talking about. It says, Binyan okay. I don't see the word Makib Badish here. Yeah, oh, it's a different Rashi. Okay, so the Rashi here says it's Binyan. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, he doesn't have to be responsible to us. He, you know, he writes different perushim and different sugiot all the time. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so you can you can put a uh, a, 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 a bandage back on a uh, a dressed wound in the in the mikdash, but not outside. And if you just want to put one on to begin with, it's not allowed. What they used to do was they would put some kind of a paste on their wound and then they would put like the bandage over it okay so what happens if the band they would sometimes want to take the bandage off because let's say a kohen wants to go do the he has a wound on his hand doesn't make him pasul as a kohen but he needs to take it off in order to do the avodah and the bet to make that so he's allowed to take it off is what the gemara is saying the mishnah is saying and then he can put it back on because if we don't let him take it off to do the avodah if we don't let him put it back on rather after he does the Avodah, then he won't want to take it off to begin with, and he'll just not do the Avodah. So we tell him you can put it back on afterwards, but a normal person, if they were to take it off, wouldn't be able to put it back on. And to put on some kind of bandage like that to begin with is never allowed if, it's, if it, you didn't have it on before. The reason is because, Rashi says, we're not talking about someone who's deathly ill, but he has like, uh, so he, he was putting, the problem is that they would put like creams that were thick on the wound, and that, the, according to Rashi, that you're putting like, you're smoothing, they were concerned that you're going to smooth out Vaseline or something on the <laughs> type of thing on the wound, and that would be the sort of Putting on the band aid is not a deoraita. Right. What? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but they, we, we also have things that are not as thick. But you can put band-aid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the rabbi said like this: If you have a uh, a bandage that falls off, you can put it back on on Shabbat. He says, if it slides up, you you can push it down. If it goes down, you can push it up. But you cannot, according to uh, according to uh, Rabbi Yehuda. Put it back on if it falls off. You can lift up part of the bandage and clean under there, lift up part of it and clean under there. But you should not um, wipe or try to clean the bandage itself. Because if, you're, if you end up rubbing the band-aid itself, so what you're going to end up doing is spreading out the salve that's under it that's thick, and that's going to be an Isur de Oraita. You shouldn't do that. And if you do that, if you spread out that kind of salve on the body, so um, it is a, uh, it's that smoothing out is an Isur del Raita. So that's the, that's according to Rabbi Yehuda's position. You're not allowed to uh, ever replace the bandage. According to the Chachamim, they're more lenient here. We say we follow Rabbi This is only true if it, this machlok, it only applies if it fell onto a piece of furniture, but if it falls on the floor, you're definitely not allowed to put it back on, even according to the rabbi. Right? Because it looks like you're starting all over again, meaning it looks like you just put on a totally new bandage. Abba, I was once standing in front of Abba, meaning, meaning uh, Ravashi, and and his, his bandage fell onto a pillow, and he was putting it back on. I said to him, Didn't they say that the whole machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim is if it falls on a, on a pillow, on, a, on some kind of a, a furniture? If it falls on the ground, everybody agrees, you can't put it back on. And we say the halacha falls Rabbi Yehuda, meaning that in no case can you put it back on if it fell off. Amarli said to me, Lo I said, I didn't hear it, meaning I don't accept it. Meaning to say that he holds that if it falls onto a kli, if it falls onto anything but the ground, even according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're allowed to put it back on. Only when it falls all the way on the ground is there a machloket between Rebbe Yehuda and the Chachamim, whether you're allowed to put it back on. So meaning if the band-aid just fell onto the table, you'd be able to put it back on. And again, it's not the band-aid putting on that's the issue. Ritia is not a band-aid. Ritia means that there's some kind of a stuff, gunk, that they put on the wound and they wrap it around. And then, of course, it's on that, uh, it's on the uh, bandage also, the thick stuff they put, the paste. That's the issue. The issue is putting the paste on. So even though the paste is on there and you put it on before Shabbat, now you're going to put it back on. The concern is, you know, you're going to end up rubbing it in because you're putting it back on. And that, that is the melacha of memoreach, of spreading out. And even today, to take a thick thing like uh, Vaseline, yeah, you can dab Vaseline. People dab it, but it doesn't work that well, Vaseline, if you dab it. Because it, but it's thick. But to rub Vaseline is called memoreach. It's one of the melachot. If you use a thin cream... Like most hand creams that they use for dry skin are very liquidy. That's not really an issue. But when it's a paste type of a thing, to spread it out is called memorayach and it's one of the lachot. And that was what they were concerned about. But in the Beit HaMikdash, if the Kohen had a bandage like that and, if, and he needed to take it off in order to do the Avodah, so we say take it off, do the Avodah, and you can put it back on even though he had to put it down and all that because we don't want him to neglect the Avodah. But a regular person who took it off, we're not talking about fell off, took it off, and then wants to put it back on, there we wouldn't allow him. And certainly to put to dress a wound to begin with on Shabbat, especially because they were using these pastes, we wouldn't be allowed to do it on Shabbat itself.